You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 227, like the old TV show that Brandon probably has never heard of. Uh, with me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. Brandon, you shook your head no when I said, have you ever heard of the show 227? Correct. Never heard of that show. Uh, Jimmy, the Eagles are on their bye week. We are not because... The hustle and grind never stop here at Bleeding Your Nation, BGN Radio. So here we are, ready to talk with all of you. Not really talk with you because you're listening, but talk at you, I guess. Uh, I'll be talking to you, Jimmy, so we have that going for us. Um, BGN Radio brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Turkey. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Despite the fact that it is a bye week, Jimmy, we still have a lot to talk about. I'm disappointed that you just blew right past my 227. Uh, I said I didn't. I said I don't know anything about it. <laughs> what what, it like what in, am I supposed like, to say? It was in like the 80s, I think. And I believe they lived in or around Washington, D.C. because they were fans of uh, the R words at the time. Uh, mm. uh, but yeah, it was uh, with Jack Hay. Do you know who Jack Hay is? No. She was in it. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Uh, all right. So in advance, before we even get into this podcast, we are going to be heavy on the mailbag questions in our next episode. So if you would be uh, so kind as to leave a question on Apple, iTunes, uh, rate, review, subscribe, et cetera, et cetera, uh, we are legally obligated to answer your question in the next podcast. So uh, thank you in advance for filling up the Apple iTunes comment section with your questions, and we'll get to all of them. Good. Listeners have been doing a good job of that, Jimmy. We'll actually get to a, some of those today, a few of those today for the people who already have done that. So, um, But obviously more extensively in the next episode, since we won't have an Eagles game to talk about coming off of one. Obviously, going they'll be going into one. That's pretty important. But, uh, but before we get to all that, we have to get to the game they just played. Yes. Against the New York Football Jets. They're now six and seven after a pretty easy win. It looked a little dicey initially when the Jets just kept scoring. <laughs> they scored on their first three possessions and then they didn't score again the rest of the game. Um, but yeah, they, uh, the, the Eagles are now six and seven. They won what 33 to 18, I think something like that. And, uh, Gardner Minshew led the Eagles to seven scores right off the bat. So three touchdowns. Uh, on their first three possessions and then four field goals on their subsequent four possessions. Um, what do we learn from that game, Brandon? What do we learn from the Minshew game? We'll call it. Well, I think we all learned that Gardner Minshew is the Eagles franchise quarterback, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, definitively. Uh, 
Yeah. So like personally, and I wrote about this before the game even began, like, like, I mean, not about what he looked like in the game, obviously, but he didn't look like some stud quarterback to me in that game. Like his numbers were excellent. Like it was 20 of 25, I think for 200 something yards, a couple touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, so the stats were incredible and he made some nice throws. Like I thought the touchdown on the opening drive to Dallas Goddard was a nice touch throw. Took a little while to get there, but eventually got there, uh, Goddard caught it, uh, ran it in. Second touchdown to Goddard, pretty well underthrown. <laughs> like if there was any, there's coverage anywhere near Goddard on that play, it's probably going to get broken up. Goddard had to wait for it and actually got, he didn't make it to the end zone, but, um, you know, had to kind of do a little bit of work on his own there. So I think like some of the, like on the eye test, it didn't quite look as impressive as it did in the stat sheet, but nevertheless, um, obviously, you know, a good performance for sure, uh, by Minshew, which is interesting because, you know, he doesn't have the same kind of game, obviously, as Jalen Hurts does. Jalen Hurts relying, uh, heavily on his running ability that Minshew doesn't have. Like Minshew is good in the pocket. Like I think that's probably his best attribute is pocket awareness and he's crafty moving around in the pocket and getting free and, and finding throwing lanes and stuff like that. But he doesn't have a good arm. Uh, I don't even think he's particularly accurate, personally. Um, mm. he does, he's not athletic. And he's short. So he's got a lot of things going against him. But credit to him for sort of getting the most out of the you know limited God-given gifts that, that, that he was given. Uh, I thought it was a fun performance. You know, I think Gardner Minshew sure. was kind of a fun player to watch, uh, which I think is important. Um, doesn't mean everything, but it's worth noting. I think that for all the talk about how, oh, it was just the Jets – is first of all that's true because their pass defense is really bad and that's something we said going into the game uh, and why because we recorded BGN radio at the time well in advance that we knew Gardner Minshew was even going to play because right. like we recorded on the same day that Jalen Hurt said he was going to play um, which <laughs> right. did not happen um, so and we said like Jalen Hurts there's really no good excuse for him not to have a good passing performance against this defense um so Minshew went out there, and I think he did what was expected. Now, in fairness to Gardner Minshew, I think it's also – you could also say that he didn't have a training camp with his team, and he hasn't had, like, an extensive time working with the starters on this team because he hasn't. They acquired him right after the final preseason game, and it's not like he's getting starters reps in practice until recently. So I think you kind of have to add that in, in there to, like, to be fair with to, to him um, because, you know, that might help him if he had all those things. Um, so, yeah, I – Everyone's like, oh, quarterback controversy. I don't really think there is one. I think like most people, for, not everyone, not going to speak for everyone here. I think, you know, the majority, I don't think it's anything close to a 50-50 between Hertz and Minshew. I think it's maybe more of like a, based on the numbers. I, I, I saw, so, you know, I, I took a poll here at Bleeding Green Nation and, and based on what I saw on, uh, on Monday when I put this poll up in an article, good article by John Stolness, um, it's 60-40 in favor of Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew at quarterback. That's like about 2,000 votes. So that's not the entire fan base, but, you know, it's a little bit of a sample. So I think it's pretty clear that uh, Minshew is kind of like a high-end backup, low-end starter, kind of like maybe the NFL's next Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of quarterback, a guy who can start games for you and, and give you a chance. But not a guy you're really going to be committing to as your franchise guy. So uh, I think that's I, think I like that's that pretty, comp. That's pretty, and he'll clear. be he'll he'll be around forever too, like Fitzpatrick. So I, I sure. kind of like that comp. Uh, but yeah, and and for the Eagles' purposes, like uh, I mean, he's a valuable player uh, in that 
Well, first of all, they, it costs nothing <laughs> for them to acquire. He costs a six-round pick, which is, I mean, it can be a fifth-round pick, I guess, if uh, he plays at least 50% of, of the, Two more the snaps in yeah. three games. Uh, is it three or four? It's three for him. It's four for Flacco, I think, right? Correct. Uh, yeah, so two ways. more for Minshew this season. So, like, um, he doesn't cost much that way. He doesn't cost much in terms of salary. He's on a rookie contract. He himself was a six-round pick. He'll get a performance. Uh, yeah. A bump. Yeah. We'll just call it a bump. <laughs> and next year it'll, it'll be close to three million, but still that's very cheap for mm-hmm. a backup quarterback. I mean, look at some of the quarterbacks the Eagles have signed to be backups in, in, you know, recently like Chase Daniel, the contract they gave him is crazy. Like uh, <laughs> Nick, Nick Foles was a, was a, you know, very costly signing as well. Uh, Flacco, not as expensive as those guys, but you know, but you, relatively. And I, <laughs> you and I are like, you know, are very much on record for thinking that was a wild overpay for even for what he got. Uh, so like, I, I think we're both on board in that, you know, Minshew is a valuable player in that he's a good backup and he's super inexpensive and you got him for another year, um, you know, to be determined what his future with the team beyond that, uh, will be. But, um, as far as like, well, two questions I have for you first, um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get, well, actually, I'll, I'll ask the second question first and you can get to that after the first one, but like, uh, what does this game mean for, Jalen Hurts, if anything, but before we actually, we'll answer, we'll ask that one first. But then I also want to get into like, um, who actually gives the team a better chance to win games the rest of this season? Is it Minshew or Hurts? Uh, so which one do you want me to answer first? So the first question is, did this, does this game mean anything for Jalen Hurts? Like, like the way that Minshew played or the way the offense, uh, operated? Are there any takeaways in terms of like, um, they weren't able to do this with Jalen Hurts or like the run game was less effective or more effective or whatever, that kind of stuff? I mean, I don't, you know, not like broad sweeping definitive, like, you know, black and white kind of, uh, judgments here. But, you know, I think anecdotally, like it seemed like, you know, more of a functional, you know, pass offense. You know, there weren't a lot of incompletions. There's only one in the first half and that was on a play where Gardner Minshew intentionally, uh, clocked it. Or you know, mm-hmm. killed it just because the screen blew up. Screen, I think, um, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, you saw LaShawn McCoy and Brian Westbrook both tweeted during the game, which I thought was kind of interesting slash weird. That like, hey, more accurate quarterback. Um, it's a little <laughs> shade towards Jalen Hurts in there. Uh, I thought that was a little interesting. Um, although, like you said, I don't think Gardner Minshew was like exceptionally accurate by any means. Yeah. Um, so a little weird, but um. I do think this game is meaningful for Jalen Hurts in that one, I think his leash is a little bit shortened. Like if he comes out against Washington football team and turns in like the same exact game against the Giants, which I don't necessarily expect to be the most likely thing. But if it does, then I don't know that it's just a hundred percent that he starts again the next week because if he plays that poorly again, that's a big deal, especially if the team is still in the playoff hunt and they're trying to make that push. And I feel like Minshew might give them the better chance. And I don't know if like it's just one more bad game that you know would be what it takes, but maybe I don't know a couple. So I think it kind of shortens his leash a little bit uh, to some extent. The the other meaningful thing to me about that game was it's a missed opportunity. Like you know yeah. you've been tracking stock up, stock down, all that all year. I think this was a chance for him to have a stock up game. And one thing I hate coming out of this game is like people who are just you know, willing to give him that stock up for that performance. Like, that's not how that works. Like, you just don't get, like, the benefit of the doubt. Of, right. Like, well, he would have had an awesome game. Like, I, I right. agree that is a likely outcome, but you can't just 
assume that because I was assuming that he was going to have a good game against the Giants, and then he didn't, and he had a really terrible game, and he blew a really big game. So I don't like the assumption that, like, you know, he just gets credit for that. Like, he, the reality is he missed the game, and that was a missed opportunity for him to, you know, put another, uh, like, kind of point in his favor. So I don't think it really changes much in terms of the long term uh, because I don't think, you know, Minshew is a long-term guy. Right. Uh, but I don't think this game, like, Jalen Hurts missing this game didn't help him at all. It could only hurt. I think it hurt him more than it helped. Like if Minshew went out and played horribly, then I think that, you know, maybe that helps him a little bit in terms of just to, you know, the perception of Jalen Hurts. But I don't think this game really means much at all for, for Hurts because, you know, as you noted, like it's definitely not like a, 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 a you know, stock up in his, in his favor. He didn't play. And like it, it would have, he, like you said, he probably would have played well as the Jets. Like Jet, that Jets defense was awful horrible defense uh that 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 team has like it's a i mean they we we saw them in training camp like that team had nothing either offensively or defensively but then especially defensively in that game like they just have nothing so um yeah i think he probably would have played well but it doesn't matter because he didn't play like we didn't, we didn't get to see it um do, do you like do you think which which quarterback gives you the better chance like who which which quarterback gives you the 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 best chance of making the playoffs in 2021? I think it's close. I really do. Um, RJ asked me the same question on the mixtape, I think, and he was like, you know, getting at me for being a fancy fencerton. Uh, and I, but I said I think it's Minshew. I think like slightly Minshew, just because I I believe in a quarterback, you know, who is a better passer ultimately, and I think there's evidence to suggest that Gardner Minshew is a better passer than Jalen Hurts overall. And that's not to say that, uh, you know, you can't factor in obviously the mobility and everything, because that's a big deal. And the Eagles running game has really been great. I think in part because of Hurts mobility and everything, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, like, I think you kind of have to go with what your core belief is. And to me, excuse me, is like, you know, like kind of, not, not to be in total lockstep with Jeffrey Lurie here, but like, you know, passing offense wins to me in the NFL. And I guess people are, maybe you're going to fire, maybe someone's going to fire back at me like, well, did you watch the Monday night football game? Or was that Monday night or was that Sunday night? Monday night, right? Yeah, with uh, the Bills and then the Patriots oh, running yeah, it like uh-huh. a thousand times. But come on, that's <laughs> right. not, that's not, it's an anomaly of a game. Yeah, it's, yeah right. Uh, okay. You can, if you, you can run the ball a lot in a hurricane and, and win some games. Yes. I and they scored like what? Like <laughs> the Patriots scored what? Like, 14 points or whatever was in that game. It's yeah, not like a model right. of success. Like it's not like they're and you know, only one because the Bills points. squandered a bunch of opportunities offensively <laughs> themselves. Right. <too. laughs> that is that is on a like side note Eagles podcast, but like that game, like oh Bill Belichick, brilliant. Like that's that's that game plan gave <laughs> way too much credit. Again, sure. yeah, they only scored in the teens. Like okay, they won the game, great, but like <laughs> this isn't like foundational for the NFL moving forward. Oh, you just have to run the ball and only pass three times a game. And that's really going to work. No, it's not. So uh, I think slightly Minshew, I feel like you're going to say hurts. I, no, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I think like I'm kind of a mm. fancy fencerton on that one too. And I would actually lean Minshew a little bit. The one thing like I think that um, uh, hurts has in his favor is he, he like, and, and this isn't, a, this isn't going to sound like a great, uh, point here because the Eagles still ran for what, like 180 something yards anyway against the Jets. 
But the holes weren't there as much as they were in previous games. Like I thought Miles Sanders actually had his best game uh, this week where like he, there was less dancing in the backfield and there was more hit of him hitting holes the same way that like Jordan Howard was uh, during that four game stretch. But the holes weren't anywhere near as big as they've been in, uh, in previous games. And I think part of that is because the defense doesn't have to respect the option of, you know, Hertz keeping the ball and, and running to the outside. And like there's, they can, you know, dedicate more defenders towards stopping, you know, more traditional run play than they can uh, when, when you have a quarterback that, that can also run. We all learned about all that uh, back in the uh, chip days with, with Michael Vick. And that's sort of a carryover now with, uh, with Jalen Hurts and this running back uh, group. But yeah, so I, I don't think that like they'll be able to run the ball as successfully uh, just normally, like generally speaking with a guy like Minshew than they would with Hurts. And obviously, you know, the, the contributions that Hertz also gives you as a runner, you know, like that's obvious. Like the, he's going to give you more than, than, than Minshew would. But like you noted, like the passing offense, like looked like legitimately good. And again, bad defense, but, um, yeah, I, I think they're pretty tight in terms of who gives you the best chance of, of winning. But ultimately, and I think Ben Solak made the point, uh, that I'll steal here real quick. Who? Ben Solak, uh, formerly mm. of uh, Bleeding Nation and BGN Radio, um, he made the point. I, be- I believe that um, you know benching Hurts doesn't do anything for you for his value going forward. So, like, if you're going to maybe trade uh, Jalen Hurts down the line during the offseason as part of a package to get uh, a Russell Wilson or something else, uh, maybe move up in the draft to, to draft a quarterback and you include Hurts as part of a package for whatever it may be. If you bench him. In favor of a guy that's in favor of a quarterback who is short, no arm, not athletic, because you think that that guy gives you a better chance to win, you're just killing Jalen Hurts' value if you do that. So, like, it doesn't serve their long term purposes for Jalen Hurts not to play. By the way, the Eagles, uh, because it's not a, a, you know, this isn't a quarterback controversy right now, uh, largely because the Eagles made the smart move in just bang, getting out right in front of it in the post-game press conference where Nick Sirianni, they knew he was going to be asked that question like they knew, and he was prepared with the answer to just say, no, when Jalen Hurts is healthy, he's our starting quarterback once again, which I thought was the smart thing to, like, if, the smart thing to do. If, like, if he hadn't done that, then the conversation this week is completely yes. different. Like It is a quarterback controversy right now, whereas uh, by answering that question forthright and up front, they sort of avoided all that during this, you know, two week stretch between games. Yeah, I think there's uh, you, you kind of touched on it there from the trade aspect, but just from the terms of the rest of this year too, like there's more long term value I think in seeing Jalen Hurts play, mm-hmm. especially in like this pressure cooker situation of you know like playoffs kind of on the line. What do you do? Like, do you step up and do you have these big games down the stretch and do you help the team get to the playoffs or do we see more of like the Giants game and do you kind of fold? And at that right. point, it's pretty hard to justify you as like, as the guy here. Um, so I definitely agree with that. Um, do you think Jalen Hurts will be the Eagles starter in 2022, Jimmy? I don't. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I mean, so before, like after the Raiders game, I, I kind of thought that, and, and, and from a timeline perspective, like right around the Raiders game was when we really saw the transition from the Eagles go from a team that wanted to throw the ball a lot and, you know, run an offense like that. I think that like, you know, they want to ultimately run to just run the crap out of the ball. And I think it was like around that time that I was starting to think, well, have they already made their decision about, you know, that he's not going to be their, their quarterback going forward? 
And then we saw them have a lot of success <laughs> with that, you know, super run heavy approach. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it made me think like, uh, maybe sort of second guess, uh, my, my, uh, my read on that. But I think now, like, there's only four games left. So he's really racing against time to, you know, make a, a big statement in these final four games and then potentially in the playoffs if they make it that far. Uh, but I think he'd have to do something special in order to not, uh, you know, have the Eagles go in a different, and by the way, like if they aren't sold on Jalen Hurts, like they're not going to, like, I can't imagine them just rolling with a Hurts yeah. or a Minshew in 2020. They're going to want to contend next year. Like they don't, they're, they're, they're like very impatient. Like they're not going to sit around. I, I think this and, is a key point to me. I think this is a key point you're making. They're, they're going to sit around and, and like, you know, waste another, not waste another season, but, you know, sort of go into a season knowing that they're not going to be like a Super Bowl contender. They're going to make a splash move this offseason if they don't believe in Jalen Hurts, whether that's, you know, moving up and drafting a quarterback, drafting a quarterback wherever they sit in the first round or trading for a vet like Russell Wilson, for example, or, or I think that's 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 such a critical point. Like, I, I just don't think. Like, have you been paying attention to Jeffrey Lurry? Like, Jeffrey, I don't think Jeffrey Lurry is like the kind of owner and this franchise. And to their credit, sometimes I'm, this isn't even a criticism. And regardless of criticism or compliment, this is just like the reality of it. I think they're, they're a team that likes to be aggressive. I don't think they're just sitting back and being like, you know what? We'll just, you know, kind of kick the can down the road another year and kind of just see what happens at quarterback. Like Jeffrey Lurie, like this is the most important position, you know, like I think he very much knows that. And I don't think he's willing to settle for less. Um, that doesn't mean that like, you know, their efforts will work because you can go out and try to be aggressive to sure. get Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. And those guys have no trade clauses. So then maybe you strike out on that. And so maybe, and then maybe you can't trade up because, or maybe you don't like the guys in the draft. So there could be a scenario mm-hmm. where you kind of just have to go back to Hertz by default because all your other options just like didn't work, but you did try to pursue them all. Um, so there, I think there's that kind of, you know, like that's how it could happen. But I don't think you just, go, like, I don't think, by any means, this team is like going into next year with like plan A to stick with Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew. Like, no way. Like, that's, that's like, how could you even believe that? This team has like in the offseason, they were trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. Like, they, they very much have tried to go other avenues. They, this team had interest in trading up for Zach Wilson. And by the way, right. I mean, we'll see how his career <laughs> plays out, but I think that's a bullet dodged. Do- um, dodge bullet on that one for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> that guy stinks. Um, yeah, so I tend to think not just from the perspective of an effort, like because because they, they will very much try to not have that happen, but that doesn't mean there's a zero percent chance because again they might just strike out and it might just have to be like what it is. But I think they're gonna try very hard. Um, so the last thing we have here, Jimmy, uh, Eagles short term, they're six and seven, they're half a game out of the wild card. Uh, the Vikings just won on Thursday night football mm-hmm. despite almost blowing it. <sighs> Kirk Cousins didn't come through in terms of uh, choking it completely, although he wasn't great. And the Steelers just, you know, didn't manage to capitalize on the final play. Um, do you think the Eagles get into the playoffs? Yeah. So what? They're the uh, nine seed they're the ninth now? Because right after that Vikings win, they now have the same record as the Eagles and would uh, I'll save the long explanation here, but they would more than likely have the tiebreaker yes. uh, over the Eagles if they wound up with the same record. Um, and then, of course, the Eagles are behind Washington, who is in the sixth seed uh, mm-hmm. at six and six, I think. And then yep. the Niners are in the seventh seed at six and six. The Eagles can 
have a tiebreaker advantage over Washington, depending on their games upcoming with them. Uh, they will not have that uh, tiebreaker with the 49ers, seeing as they, by the way, that's a terrible loss. When you look yeah. back week two against the Niners, like there's yep. so many plays in that game that could have gone another, well, the Quez Watkins deep ball, it's tackled inside the 10. They have that crazy series, like by the goal line, the final play was the the, the Philly special. If you remember mm-hmm. that they, they couldn't punch it in. And then there was the other play in that game where Jalen Rager stepped out of bounds before he caught the oh ball in the end God. zone on the deep ball. Like that's a touchdown that got taken off the board as well. So like that, we're going to look back at that game. Like I think like at the time people thought of the Niners as like a good team. And mm-hmm. they're not like, you know, they're, they're, they're not bad, but they're certainly not a good team. Middle of the road. Yeah. That's a game they should have won. And I mean, if they, they, they won the that one, game, they're, right? they're seven and, and that, six. And they're like they're by themselves in the sixth seed right now. They bought the one in that series, right? Like it was yes, first and goal at the yeah, one. It, yeah. Like, there was pass interference in the end zone, I think, that got them to the they, one. Yeah. I think it was on Devon. And they didn't sneak it. Oh, yes. It's incredible. <laughs> right. Just sneak it. That was, that was my question to Sirianni in the post, yeah. in the post game. I was like, why don't you just sneak it until you get in? <laughs> well, like, why don't you sneak it like at least once or maybe twice and then it's third and goal? <laughs> yeah, whatever. You like that question, but whatever. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, I think their chances are like it's all right in front of them. And again, their, re- their schedule is so it's, I think it's, it's not as easy as it looked, uh, you know, a few weeks mm-hmm. ago because Washington is playing a lot better than they were. I mean, Washington started two and six and they've rattled off four straight wins. So they're playing a lot better than they were earlier this season. Um, the Giants game, I think, in theory, is easy. Like that, that team. I mean, they they look like garbage when the Eagles played them earlier, like a, a couple weeks ago, and they still lost. But now you're like they're they don't even have Dan, Daniel Jones. It's either going to be Mike Glennon or I can't even remember the uh, Jake, Jake Fromm. Fromm. I think yeah, they they signed they claimed him off waivers. Maybe. Um, I mean, they're dead at this point, the Giants. So, uh, and then of course it'll all come down to you know whether the Cowboys need. Uh, that, that week 18 game, uh, for seeding purposes or not, whether the rest are starters, et cetera. Um, I think they get in. I kind of think they get in. Their chances are what? Like, uh, like 538 had them at, I think 38%. New York Times had them around like 33%. But I think they're underselling that a little bit. Like, I think, uh, yeah, we I think the Eagles, that. I think the Eagles are going to split against Washington. I think they beat the Giants, and then I think the Cowboys rest their starters, and they beat them Week 18. I think it comes down to Week 18 because I I, I agree with you. I mean, Washington's better than the Giants, and the Eagles lost to the Giants. And I know yes. it doesn't necessarily work that like simply, but like I just think it's very rich of anyone right now to just assume the Eagles are going to sweep Washington. Like I think that's right. a very generous assumption to make. Um, I think the Eagles split against Washington as well. They beat the Giants because the game will be in Philly too. And I think that, you know, gives an edge and the Giants are just bad. I think they can, they're not going to sweep the Eagles. I just, I really, I mean, if they do, geez, then like definitely don't, <laughs> like, do, like they should just automatically be disqualified somehow if they lose to the Giants again. Like that should, like you can't even, you can't be in the playoffs if you lose to the Giants twice right. in one season. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it does come down to week 18 and it's just too hard to say right now in terms of like, is that game going to matter? And then even if it doesn't matter for the Cowboys, might they just try to win anyway? Because, again, they did that uh, a couple years ago uh, when they played the Giants. Jason Garrett was there. I don't know. So I, it kind of comes down to Week 18. I tend to think, like, if you know, I'm, I'm vibrating as I do, Jimmy. It's all about the vibes. I, I feel like the vibes point to playoffs, but I don't know. It, it kind of comes down to that Week 18 game. So I'll lean yes, but... 
Um, I'm less certain of I, I if they didn't lose to the Giants, they were going to make the playoffs. But they lost to the Giants, and that kind of just screwed it all up to me. Um, why don't we take a break here, James? And we will get into our second segment. But before we do, why don't you let me tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Look, Jimmy, we're 15 days away from Christmas. Uh, We're just past Hanukkah. Happy belated Hanukkah to everyone celebrating. A bunch of other holidays coming up. Uh, Why not get some Righteous Felon Craft Jerky? Perfect stocking stuffers for everyone out there. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off. The best snacks you can get, just do it. Just do it, and you'll have a great time. You'll have a great holidays. RighteousSelling.com, discount code BDN15, 15% off. Jimmy. Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio, Bleeding Green Nation Radio. Jimmy, looking at the Eagles' long-term outlook, Mm -hmm. all three of the Eagles' first-round picks are now out of the top 10. And Carson Wentz is going to hit that benchmark in Week 15. It's actually an interesting time. I was looking up the Colts' schedule, and I'm glad it kind of works out this way as opposed to like a game the Eagles are also playing at 1 o'clock and the Colts are playing at 1 o'clock because the Colts play the Patriots in week seven, uh, week 15 when they return from their bye on Saturday. 
So uh, we'll, we will all get oh, to do see that. Oh, do they? I didn't realize that. Time. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll yeah, be exactly. It's great for content purposes because then the Eagles aren't playing and you can kind of just focus on that game. And as long as Carson Wentz plays like what, like something like five snaps, then he'll cross. Yeah, the he'll, he'll hit what's threshold. like the projected benchmark for the number of snaps yeah. he'll need for the season. But to feel really comfortable about it, you want him to play like 20, 30 snaps and then right. like the snap count that would be necessary that he like for games, like for snaps that he doesn't play. Like, like if he got hurt at like during this game, the, the next game, if he got like twenty to thirty snaps, the number of snaps that that would be needed for them to play the rest of the year would be really, really high. It'd be hard for them to mm-hmm. achieve that. Uh, so five snaps will like you know that hits the projected benchmark, but this is, it's not a guarantee that uh you know that that he will hit seventy five percent for the season. Well, even if they, if he did get hurt and it was under 75, but it was still above 70 and they made the playoffs somehow, yes, it would then it would the still be the first round pick. So yeah. there's that scenario, um, which doesn't seem likely, but you know, just mentioning. Um, so they're going to have three first round picks, although it is a bummer that, <clears throat> I mean, the, the Dolphins pick isn't going to be in the top 10. I think that's very clear. They're what? So they're six and six seven and now. Seven, I think, right? And they're rolling. <laughs> and they get the Jets and the Saints next. So they could easily win those next two, at least one probably. Um, the Eagles' own not- pick is, is is higher than theirs now. Yep. So the Eagles' own pick right now, if the season ended today, is 11. Uh, the Dolphins is 12, and uh, the Colts is uh, 18. So they're like the last team not in the playoffs right now. I think the Colts are making the playoffs, by the way. Like, they're playing, uh, they're playing really well, and a lot of these teams ahead of them in the wildcard race in the AFC, I just don't believe in them. The Steelers were one of them, and, like, now they're – I think the Colts now passed them after their loss. Does that sound right? Yes. Yeah. So the Steelers are six, six and one. Colts are seven and six. The wild card teams ahead of them would be, uh, Buffalo, Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and the Chargers. I don't believe in any one of, they're all seven and five. The Colts are seven and six. I don't believe in no. any one of those teams. <laughs> Now, that being said, the Colts have the ninth toughest schedule in the NFL. They still have to play the Cardinals. They still have to play the Patriots. They still have to play the mm-hmm. Raiders. The easiest game they have left is the Jags, which should be a win. But, you know, those aren't necessarily gimmies. I will say And they have, and they that, have Houston. Uh, do they? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That. They played no. Houston last week. That's that's wrong. Yeah. That's wrong. That's wrong. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor should be MVP, or at least, like, very strongly in that conversation. He's probably going to get Offensive Player of the Year, so he won't get MVP. But, like... He's a big reason why that team is even like in playoff contention, at least to me. Um, anyway, uh, the question that goes along with this, as you brought up here, Jimmy, is you, you did a good job of coming up with a fun idea of ranking preferences for what the Eagles, this is what they will do or should do. What, what are your preferences? Okay, my preferences. For, so uh, we'll rank them one through Seven. I'll just read them off here real quick. So, yeah. Um, and this is in regard to the quarterback, uh, debate this, this coming off season. I think these so, are the seven most likely, uh, options for them. So if listeners right, want to so, get in on this, you can kind of get a pen maybe and paper right now or something, <laughs> write this down on your phone. I'll try uh, to read this sort of slowly and clearly. Yeah. All right. So they can trade number. Give, give each one a number. All right. Number one, trade three first round picks. Plus Jalen Hurts, plus Andre Dillard, and a third round pick for Deshaun Watson. Hefty package there for Deshaun Watson. Uh, number two, trade two first round picks, 
Jalen Hurts, Dillard, and a three. Basically the same package, but two first-round picks instead of one for Russell Wilson. Uh, number three. This is going to be a very unpopular one, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, at the same time, I, I kind of feel like this is, uh, like not, not totally off the table. Trade the worst of the Eagles, th- like the lowest of the Eagles, three first round picks for Matt Ryan. <laughs> Number four, trade up for Matt Corral. And you got to use two of your first round picks to get them. So you package like, for example, like, uh, we'll call it, uh, as we said, the Eagles have the 11th and the, or the 10th or an 11th or the, the, uh, so they have the 11th and the 12th picks right now. So you, let's say they, that's how it ends. Trade your 11th and your 12th round pick up to say, I don't know, pick number three. And that's where you get Matt Corral. Uh, and then you still have that one first round pick left over to address another position. Uh, number five, use the first of your first round picks. So we'll call it pick number 11 for Pittsburgh quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Number six, use the last of your three first round picks. So in this case, it would be pick number 18 for Liberty quarterback, Malik Willis. And number seven, finally, uh, you just go into 2022. With a Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew training camp quarterback competition, which, uh, I mean, put a bullet in my head if that's what we're looking at in training camp. Jeez. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a little too far. Uh, so where, where would you rank those seven things? Actually, why don't we go okay. back and forth on which sure. one? So uh, one. What, what's, what's your top option? Or do we want to go from bottom up? Bottom up might be more dramatic. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it that way. So number seven I have out of this is Matt Ryan. There's no way. No, come on. That makes just no sense. I, I can't do that. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. So for me, um, I think this, I mean, so football sense wise, I would do this, but uh, trading the three ones hurts Dillard and the three for Deshaun Watson. Um, right. I can't, I can't do it just for the off field stuff. So yep. that's the last one for me. Mm-hmm. So number six for me, the penultimate pick here is Willis. I Willis. I just I don't love the idea of just like like hey, let's just get a quarterback at some point. Like mm-hmm. so. By the way, someone mentioned out that both of us say like too much, me more than you, and they actually wrote down the count, which is just like I like I, when I say psycho, it's not like uh, a derogatory thing. Like it's a compliment. Love this. Uh, in the Apple podcast reviews, they broke it down by segment, Jimmy. Uh, this was on episode 225. You had 41 in the first segment, 17 in the second segment, and then eight for a total count of 66. And I had in the same thing, 72, 45, and 35 for 152. So, uh, what was more this? than double. What, what did they rank or what did the, they count up? The total count of the word like. Really? Yeah. We use like that much? That can't be right. We really this person wrote it plus, down. A hundred plus per episode. A hundred and fifty-two. I had in two twenty-five. <laughs> Crazy. This is from, by to. the way, ABG wanna kick booty on the Apple Podcast. Reviews. I can't imagine that somebody sat there and counted the number of times we said like. I mean, Jimmy, don't doubt the listeners, man. <laughs> I don't. I don't doubt the listeners. Jimmy does. I just. I would never do that. Anyway, getting back to the all right. Thing, well, I'm going to be. Just, I'll, be I'll be self-conscious of that going forward. <laughs> well, yeah. Now I'm. So am I. I don't love when 
you just like settle for a quarterback. You're just like, oh, we're just going to take one. So I don't love the idea of like, oh, Malik Willis is still on the board. So we're just going to take him with our last first round pick. To me, either like love a quarterback or you don't. So like, you, you know, you really want to get him. So how are you, if you love him, then how are you not taking him with one of your first round picks before your third one? Like, I just, that doesn't seem realistic to me. So that's number six. What about you? That's like, um, when the Ravens took the tight end that Bo Wolf always makes fun of for being super old. Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst, uh, at like 20 something, like 26, something like that. And then they took Lamar Jackson at 32nd. Like, I just said, like, I did it. I just did it. Wow. See? They might be right. Wow. That's bad. They're absolutely mm. right. It's not wrong. They, what do you think? They right. just faked those numbers? <laughs> that's probably right. Oh. All right, that's gonna kill my that's gonna kill my brain while we do this. The podcast uh, right. is destroyed now. <laughs> so my number five is uh running it back with uh What was your Jalen number Hurts. six? Uh oh I'm sorry. My number six yeah. was uh was uh trading the worst of the three ones for Matt Ryan. Okay. Oh, so you'd Watson seven then Watson you. seven, Matt Ryan six. Yeah. So I'm sorry, what okay, was so yours five. was yours was Matt Mine Ryan was and then Ryan and then Willis. Malik Willis seven okay. six. All right, so I'll just go to five since I already said it. Five. <laughs> my, my my number five option would be uh, Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew, training camp battle. No, thank <sighs> See, you. I'm not interested. I have five Corral. I just I like Corral. I think he's interesting, but like I don't know that I'm in that point where like I'm training two firsts for him. That seems okay. like a bit much. Like I don't know that he's necessarily <clears throat> like a huge upgrade necessarily on Jalen Hurts. I think there's like. I don't think they're the same players. I think Corral is a way better arm, at least from some of the things I've seen from him. Um, but like, there are some similarities there to where like, it's just, it's not enough of a difference that you're paying this big premium to upgrade. So I have that as number five. And then I put Hertz slash Minsu at number four. So like dead even in my rankings. Um, to me, again, it's, it's like, it's like a, it's like a default option. It's like a fallback plan. Um, definitely not a preference. I don't think it's the worst fallback plan ever, but like, I'm not excited about it. So yeah, my number four would be uh, Malik Willis. Uh, I mean, with the third of your wow. third, with your with the third of your three first round picks, take a shot on that kid. Why not? Yeah, but like the process of it again, I just I can't get over that. Like, <laughs> you don't love him if you're just taking him with a third of your third. I get it. I mean, the Eagles didn't love Jalen Hurts so much that they took him in the, in the first round. Well, but he's not the answer, or probably. I, so. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm I'm with you in theory. Uh, but yeah. you know, I think the value would at least be okay there, and you get mm. I don't know an edge rusher at, at eleven, a corner, twelve, wide receiver, something like that, whatever. Um, my number three would be to trade up for Matt Corral using uh, mm. my in, in theory in, in in practice here the eleven and twelfth round pick, moving up to three, four, whatever it may be. Uh, I like him. I like Matt Corral. Um, at some point during the offseason, I'll really dig in, dig in on these quarterbacks and have stronger opinions on them. But his arm talent uh, is far superior, in my opinion, to anything the Eagles have on the roster now. Yeah, he can run I around a little that. bit too. Like he's not, he's not like a threat with his legs in the same way or anywhere close in the same way as like Jalen Hurts. But he, you know, he he can run, um, and and you know he he can he can extend plays, pick up yardage here and there. Uh, not you're not going to build your offense around his running ability or anything like that, but by I like what he brings to the table as a quarterback. Also, based on like kind of just doing some research on him, from what I can tell, has the intangibles down too. Seems to be like mm-hmm. a really like kind of like you know leader, fiery guy. Um, so I think that's really important, and obviously a big factor working in Jalen Hurts' favor here. Um, I have number for number three. I have Kenny Pickett actually at uh, at that spot. Kenny Pickett, okay. by the way, big Eagles fan. 
just put that I out didn't know this that. morning oh, okay. in the link. Yeah, grew up in South Jersey or somewhere in New Jersey, I think, and uh, said he was at the 4th and 26th game. Hmm. And uh, So was I. There you go. So maybe you saw him. He was a little kid then because I was like. Yeah, he was like six uh, or seven, he said. Yeah, okay. I was uh, I was just out of college, I think. Nah, I was a few years out of college. I was like 25, 26, something like that. I I like you, Kenny Pickett. I'm like I'm intrigued by him. Obviously, how he went to go see him in person, so that's something interesting to watch. I like the frame. Um, I like how he's kind of you know been ascending here. Now, <clears throat> I don't think he's a flawless prospect by any means. I'm not saying like you know like he's the guy unquestioned, but I him and Corral, I think I'm probably the most intrigued by in some order. So that was your number three. You said my number three. All right. So I already did my I already did my number three. Why don't you give your number two? I have Deshaun Watson here, and obviously this is the more so from a football perspective, which is, again, we've had this discussion a billion times. It's hard to to say. I legitimately, in terms of, like, throw preference out the window for a second and throw, like, what could and and probability and likelihood, I think the Eagles really are going to make another run at Deshaun Watson this offseason. That doesn't mean it's going to, you know, bear out fruitfully for them because, obviously, Deshaun Watson to this point, had turned them down in terms of you know not wanting to waive his no trade clause to go to Philly, but I don't think that's going to stop the Eagles from trying to make another run at him and maybe try to convince him or you know whatever the case is. Uh, I really do think they're going to pursue that again, and you know we'll obviously see what happens with his legal situation and everything. Who knows? Um, but I think Watson fits exactly what they want in terms of like a guy who because I think part of the downside of trading for Russell Wilson, obviously, which is my number one spoiler alert, is like you worry about the long-term viability of that. Like that's a natural worry. And I tend to downplay that because I think he can give you like five good years at least. But I think the Eagles are going to have that in mind of like, you know, ideally we want someone who can help us compete now, which Deshaun Watson could, but also be a guy who could be around for like 10 years. And I think like he is the perfect mold of a player just in terms of like, High level player, uh, age, like, I think he fits exactly what they're looking for in terms of a compromise between win now and win, go for the long term. Um, whereas, like, whereas with different, like, with Jalen Hurts, you're getting more of that long term thing, but you're not getting that win now necessarily. And with Russell Wilson, you're getting the win now, but not necessarily the long term. So, um, maybe that sounds obvious to people, but I just think that, like, that's a big reason why they're going to go after him again. And then I have Russell Wilson at number one. I'm really not too scared off by him having a down year this year. I mean, like it's like what his first in forever, like quarterbacks sometimes have a down year. Um, I don't think this is totally representative of him moving forward. The whole situation in Seattle before this season was weird. The, like the vibes are off. Russell Wilson is releasing a list through the media of where he wants to play. And then he says, it's not, you know, whatever. So the, everything was off. I don't think it's just about him. Uh, he's kind of a weird guy and that kind of scares me a little bit sometimes. <laughs> yeah. so I'm like, how much is that, you know, play in the locker room and everything? But I think it kind of comes down to like, if Carson Wentz was Carson Wentz in terms of like all the locker room stuff and guys not necessarily being, you know, thrilled with him and all that. But he was like Tom Brady skill level or, you know, Aaron Rodgers, like doesn't matter. 
if you're like the freaking best player in the league, it doesn't matter if you're a jerk to everyone. Right. The problem, bigger problem with Carson Wentz was that like he wasn't very good. Um, if Carson Wentz was 2017 MVP Carson Wentz for the rest of his, you know, time in Philly, he would still be here and yeah. all that stuff wouldn't matter as much. So I think, you know, with Russ, like the talent level was just so high that that might not matter as much. Uh, he's just so freaking good. Uh, so yeah, I have his number one. So my number two, uh, was Kenny Pickett. Um, the, the big negative for him is, uh, his, is it's going to be his hand size whenever it's revealed, whatever Jared that is. Goff hands. Because he's got, uh, you know, he wears the, you know, two gloves, uh, when he plays in games. And I don't, don't know that, that it's, a, I don't know that it's affected him really in, in these games. I mean, he's played, he played in Pittsburgh, which isn't, you know, like a dome or something like that. Obviously it's a cold weather city. Um, so I don't know how much that's affected him over his college career. I don't know, um, you know, how much that'll affect him in the pros, but I think it is a, like a legitimate negative that, that NFL teams view, but otherwise I really like his game. Like he's another guy that can run around a little bit, make plays with his arm, make plays with his Did legs. You see the fake slide. Yeah. I, I don't I, like, I don't know why more quarterbacks don't do that. Like, it's like, it's a great play that he made. And like, you'd think that like somebody had already done that by now. <laughs> like, if like if I'm a defender though, if like he's gonna like I'm just decking him the next time. Like yeah. I don't care like if he's faking or not. <laughs> like he's I'm planting his ass into the turf. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was a very fun play to watch. Where like he faked the slide and the guy like just stopped and he ran right around him for a touchdown. Uh, my number one is Wilson. Of course, uh, I haven't mentioned him yet. Uh, just like you, he's my number one. Real quick, like before he got hurt this year, he yeah. was completing. 72% of his passes, mm-hmm. 9.6 yards per attempt, 10 to 1 TD interception ratio, <laughs> quarterback rating of 125.3. So I've seen a lot of people recently say he's washed. Uh, it, mm. Yeah, uh, not so sure about that one. If his broken finger is going to affect him for the rest of his career, sure. Fine, he's washed. But if that's not the case, that guy's not washed. Like he's still gonna be good for a while. By the way, like five years to say it doesn't sound like that long. The same way that like if you're like planning a trip to drive somewhere, you look on paper and you go, Oh, three hundred and fifty miles. That doesn't sound so bad. But then when <laughs> you're actually doing it, it's a lot longer than it actually looks like when you look at it on paper. And it's the same thing with five years. Like you, to look at it, you go, oh, five years. That doesn't sound like that long. But when you're in it over the course of those five years, it kind of can feel like a long time. So if Russell Wilson gives you five years of elite quarterback play, I mean, go right ahead. Everything doesn't have to be perfect before you get your quarterback. Get your quarterback in place and then build around them. I don't think they're like, I think the roster is okay enough where like they can compete. I mean, like the NFC isn't that good. Like, you know, like I mean, look at the teams at the top of the NFC. Is there a real, like the Cardinals are, are have the best record of 10 and two. Are they really that good? You know, like, can you like, yeah. are they, are they not that catchable from a roster building perspective? Go Tom get Brady's them. winding down, you know, eventually maybe at some point. Hopefully, uh, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is getting older. Like, it might not be back in Green Bay. Who knows? Like, yeah, I don't. Also, uh, to, to your point about like the five year thing, they also had three different head coaches in five years. Like earlier in the you know mm-hmm. the uh, the twenty like they had you know Andy Reid twenty twelve, Chip for three years, and then Doug. Like that's a you know a lot of th- a lot many things can change in five years. Um, 
And Russell Wilson is what, 33? He'll be yeah, 33 like, at the start of the first year the Eagles would have him if they traded for him. That's like nothing in today's NFL where quarterbacks are playing into like early 40s or late 30s at mm-hmm. the least. Like he is, I think, he, five years at least. And also, I think we, we have a good sample size of him, you know, like staying healthy and like taking care of his body like he does. He seems like, like, Tom Brady kind of like psycho level, like, you know, meticulous, uh, you know, like, like he's, he's practicing fake huddles out there, which is just, an, he crazy. never missed a game before this year. I know that's crazy. <laughs> so Especially yeah, the, du- the durability wouldn't be a concern for me either. I mean, he gets, and he slides, like, he gets down, he doesn't take hits. Like, yeah. you know, I'm all in on Russell Wilson. Same. All right. So that's our quarterback, uh, preference here as we sit going to the final stretch. I'm sure it won't change at all. Um, what else do we have? Here? Why don't we, oh, why don't we take a questions. break? Why don't we take a break and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll answer those mailbag questions. We'll make our picks and we'll call it a day. Good call. You can tell me about Christian Roach, Roach Realtors first. <laughs> yes. All right. So if you are looking to buy or sell your house, uh, call Kristen Roach, Roach Realtors. Voted the best realtor in the history of the universe by God. Uh, her uh, phone number is 856 856- 906-9295. I'll repeat that. 856-906-9295. Or go to roachrealtors.com. Brandon? Back after this. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Roach Realtors. Roach Realtors. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. She's the greatest. Eight five six nine oh six nine two nine five. Eight five six nine oh six nine two nine five. Back here on BGN Radio episode two twenty seven. Doesn't matter. And we're gonna answer some questions that you left. In the Apple Podcast ratings and reviews, five stars, obviously, is the best way to do it. And as Jimmy said at the top of the show, we will be getting into more of these if you leave more uh, between the time you're hearing this and at some point when we record next week ahead of the Washington football game. Uh, Jimmy, the first one is not a question, but I want to read this for you. This comes okay. from Philly fans, hyphen AFS. Love the BGN pod and articles, but have to call out Jimmy for going with the snowman carvel cake and not the football-shaped cake, not a football guy. <laughs> How do you feel about being not a football guy? That's fair. I I, I can understand. I, I don't think they had the football one. It was either the snowman or the turkey. I think those are the two options. But uh, he's right. Like, if there were a football there, I wouldn't have gotten it. I would still gotten the snowman. Um, and the reason why was because the snowman was super cute. and um. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a fan of cuteness over football. So that makes me definitely not a football guy. He's right. Uh, not not a question, but also just wanted to read really quick. Evan Pantucci says, been listening to BLG since I was on with James Seltzer. So shout out to a really you know, OG listener mm-hmm. uh, going back t- to the day. Um, another question. Oh, here's here's our first actual question, Jimmy. This comes from our good friend, uh, D- David Tomei, who's also a longtime listener. What... Uh, the, here's how he phrased it. I'm having a hard time saying it because I'm not actually good at talking. My question is, I wonder what Jimmy and BLG's thoughts are on the fact that Hertz has had to learn a new offense for at least the third straight year. 
transferred to Oklahoma, got drafted to Philly under Doug, and now has to learn Sirianni slash Steichen system. That shouldn't excuse his most recent performance against the Giants by any measure, but I wonder what your thoughts are on his inconsistent performance this season, having somewhat to do with the fact that it's a new offense under a very inexperienced staff teaching him said offense. And they also kind of switched up what they did philosophically midway through the season too, although what they switched to was a lot easier to run. Um, yeah, I don't know how much that uh, affects quarterbacks. Um, I will say that he at least, you know, for the entirety of the offseason, there was no question that he was the starter um, unless they made a trade or something like that. But like all throughout OTAs, minicamp, training camp, he took literally every first team rep. Uh, throughout the entire offseason. So that's plenty of time to get up to speed, in my opinion, and be a functional quarterback in the NFL. So I wouldn't really go ahead and make that excuse for him for this season. Um, I will agree with the roller coaster ride <laughs> point that he, that, that he sort of mentioned in, in the article there. Like I did my stock up, stock down of, uh, you know, his games this season. I wound up at four games. He improved his stock four where he was down four where he was neutral, but they were all over the map. Like it was up, down, up, down, up, down. Um, so I don't know if that has anything to do really with, um, you know, learning a playbook and getting comfortable in the offense. And the other thing I'll note too is like, I think he really showed command. Uh, of the offense right off the bat week one, like that first week one game against Atlanta. Like I thought he really commanded the offense well. So uh and credit to him for that. Like, I think that's part of one of his strong attributes is that he's smart. Like he's, he's a smart player that works hard. And I think he puts in the time both on the field and off of it to put himself in the, in the best position to uh be a good player on the field. Um It's just, you know, some of his, abilities don't allow him to do that accuracy and, and that kind of thing. But I think, you know, as, as far as his, his willingness to learn a playbook and work hard and, and learn it and be ready to play, that's a strength of his. So I don't necessarily think that um, he's a guy that was held back uh, this season because he was unable to learn uh, or unable to learn uh, Nick Sirianni's offense. I agree. I think this gets overblown. I mean, I remember when people are saying this about Sam Bradford. It was like, in a new system every year, like he just hasn't had the time. Not to say Hurts and Sam Bradford are the same player. Um, but I think, you know, when we've seen Jalen Hurts struggle, it's been related to accuracy, like you just mentioned, or lack of arm strength, or a lot of the times just not getting the ball out fast enough, not seeing things and not throwing with anticipation. And I don't really think that's about always comfort in the offense as much as that's kind of just the player he is. So I don't buy that a ton. If you want to say like a small percentage of that is contributing to it. Okay. But like, that's just not a major factor to me. Next one comes from this nickname is also taken to uh, five stars. Hey guys, got a question. With the way Darius Slay has been playing so far this season, would you say there is a good chance the Eagles don't try to move on from him before next season? Oh yeah, he's going to be on the team. Like <laughs> there's no doubt he'll be on the team next year. Um he's the best player on the defense in my opinion this year. Uh I think that that title early on in the year probably went to Javon Hargrave. But I mean, with the, with the number of plays that that's not only the number of plays that big plays that he's made, uh, this year. I mean, first of all, he had two picks against the Panthers in that game. Did they win that game without those two picks? 
Uh, he had the biggest no. play in the game against the uh, Broncos. Where, where, I mean, Davion Taylor made the play in that he forced the fumble, but that electric return that he had, like, I remember people were like, just get get down, get down, get down. And nope, he, <laughs> he kept it alive, and he wound up scoring on that play. It was the biggest play of the game. Uh, he obviously had the big uh, pick six against the New Orleans Saints. And then just beyond those big plays, like, he's done a good job uh, defending at times. I mean, he's he actually kind of been out of his comfort zone for the better part of the season, like not getting to play a lot of man coverage. He's played a lot of zone, but when he has played man coverage, I think he's done a good job of limiting like the best receiver uh, on the other team when he's had those, you know, like for example, again, in that Panthers game, like he followed uh, more around all game while, uh, Steven Nelson filed, uh, followed Robbie Anderson, for example. I think week 15, you'll probably see the same thing where he follows, um, uh, Terry McLaurin around, uh, all day because they don't really have a great number two receiver. So I think, you know, his, his value, uh, in, in that regard is, uh, and I, by, by the way, like I wonder if cornerback is the, is the need or is like going to be a position they address that highly in the draft because they are going to, you know, keep slay at least for another round or another year. I wonder if they'll try to sign Steven Nelson again to another one year mm. deal. They already re-upped Avante Maddox to a, a you know, multi-year deal. They paid him a lot of money too. And then they have like these, those three guys aside, they still have five other corners like currently on the roster right now. So I wonder if uh, they'll hope that one of those guys can kind of step up and, uh, and they, they drafted Zach McPherson, of course, in the uh, fourth round. So he'll have a chance to, to grow from, you know, year one to year two. So I wonder, like, if that's sort of the, the position. I mean, we all, like, sort of, um, perceived that it would be a position of high importance and, um, you know, uh, one they would target in the 2022 NFL draft. But I don't know that they're going to do that with, you know, sort of all the points that I just made. But certainly, uh, to answer the, the initial question, Slay's going to be on the roster in 2022. He will, and I think this season justifies the criticism of him last year. This was like what we were arguing, or at least I was saying, like, this is the player we need to see when you <laughs> yes. kind of give up draft picks and pay a guy this contract. Like, what we saw last year was not that justifying of right. that kind of, of that move. This year is, yes. So, good job for Darius Slay this year. I still think, you know, you can kind of question the trade in light of other moves they could have made with that money and those picks in terms of maybe acquiring DeAndre Hopkins. Or maybe being more aggressive about Stefan Diggs, which obviously would have taken first round pick too. Mm-hmm. But the point being, like, so I don't think it's an A plus move still. Like, I just, I don't agree with that. And obviously last year wasn't great, but, uh, it's working out this year and it's a big deal. Um, and yeah, I, that Broncos return that, that changed the complexion of the game. Like, like Dalen Hurts didn't even have to throw that much in the second mm-hmm. half. And when he did, it wasn't good. Um, but, uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, this one comes from Pooja McGriddle. It's not even a question, but I just wanted to read it because it's about me and it's a really accurate review. Uh, BLG, you say you catch grief for being an accurate realist. I don't get it. You are a little slow to get happy with Eagles, but your reasoning is sound overall. I mean, who could, who, and ha- <laughs> not wrong. Very true. Um, anyway, moving on again to an actual question, which is actually, I love this question. I was very excited about this, Jimmy, when I saw this. This comes from Crane Holmes. Uh, the title is Best Food Podcast. Uh, <laughs> the question here is, what are our mother's maiden names and favorite pets? And that is obviously <laughs> a joke because they're just trying to get right. our passwords. Yeah. Um, the real question is, but I like First that. First childhood pet. Yeah. And uh, what street did you grow up on? Um, <laughs> uh, it, that was good because at first I saw the mother and maiden names thing and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I, okay, I get that. Uh, this is the real question. 
James. Start, bench, cut. Okay. Grandma pie, buffalo chicken pizza, pepperoni pizza. Start, bench, cut. I'm sorry. Grandma, pepperoni. Grandma pie, buffalo chicken, and pepperoni. You have to start one, that's, you have to bench one, and you have to cut one. That's easy uh, for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so... I often order just regular pepperoni pizzas. In fact, I'll, I'll go like half pepperoni, half plain. Um, hmm. So that's that's my oh start bench. Start. Oh, so bench is like I guess you have it once and then that's it. Um, start is like yeah regular. Let's, I think start is like you can have it all year. It's kind of you know like the pest tech nest migrate kind of thing. Like start yeah, is have right. it or you know FMK. Um, start is you can have it all year. Let's say benches you can have it like once a year and mm-hmm. then cut you can never have it again. Right, so pepperoni uh, is my start. Uh, grandma pie, which I love, love grandma pies, is uh, bench, and then buffalo chicken out of there. Like it's fine. I, 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 wow. I might get like a buffalo chicken slice every once in a blue. Moon. I'm not a big like blue cheese guy, which usually accompanies mm. uh, buffalo chicken pizza. Uh, you could I'm, get ranch though. You can get it without you know anything too. You can just get chicken and and you know hot sauce on there. And I, you know I'll I'll like I like that. It's fine. I'll eat it, but. Um, I mean, easy decision between that and the other two options. Mm. Pepperoni pizza is my favorite pizza. That's like a default to me. I know some people just go with like a cheese pizza. Mm-hmm. That's their default. That's what they judge everything on. And I'm not against that, but it's just not an, like I need, I need the pepperoni. I like the, it just adds, you know, it adds it to, to me. Um, my favorite I is when like I the pepperoni, to- like when, when they almost kind of like over, like when the pepperoni almost kind of like gets burnt ish. And like curls up, that's my favorite yeah, so like kind the of cups. pepperoni. Yeah, yeah, you like the, the cups more yes. so than like the you know the bigger flat, okay. the floppy pep. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna have to cut the grandma pie, which is tough because I like a grandma pie, but buffalo chicken pizza. I think I think at the very best, I think if the very best buffalo chicken pizza is better than. Like the top percentile grandma pie or pepperoni pie. Like I, the best buffalo chicken pizza I ever had might be like one of the best pizzas I ever had in my life. It was just so good. My mouth is watering thinking about it. Now, that being said, I think there are a lot of buffalo chicken pizzas that like you're kind of talking about. They're just like fine or just okay. They're not amazing. Um, so that's kind of the, the issue there. But again, if I'm only having it once a year, then I can pick the really good one and get that once. Um, really good question here. Uh, any other thoughts on pizza, Jimmy? No, I think uh, we covered it. Okay. Are there, any, are there um, any other mailbag questions? I think that was it, actually. Yeah, that's it for now. Um, so then that brings well, we us gotta, to we, our... We, we got to do our picks, yes. Our brief NFL picks against the spread. It's a light week because the Dolphins are on bye, right? Or no? Are they? Yeah, so the Eagles are on their bye, obviously. The Colts are on their bye, as we mentioned. And the Miami Dolphins are on their bye. So we always pick all mm. three of those games, which so we won't do that this week. And, of course, the Cowboys are playing Washington. So instead of picking two games, we just have that one game to pick. And then uh, I forgot to even have the Giants. The Giants are so irrelevant that I forgot to include them in, like, my write-up on our show sheet. So, like, I don't even have them in there. But what are they, what are they underdogs by... What do we? I thought that was nine ten and, and a half. half. You thought it was nine and a half. I don't care what it is. Just give me the Chargers in that game because yep. they're either going to start Same. Mike Glennon or or Jake Fromm, as we mentioned earlier. So I'll take the Chargers. I'll take the Chargers. And then the Cowboys. I had them at minus four against Washington. You said the line jumped up since then. Yeah, the Cowboys are now favored by four and a half on the road at FedEx Field. In so who Andover, do you Maryland. got in that one? 
I and by think the way, who's, the who's, also, who's also the more ideal winner for the Eagles in that game? Yeah. I think it's the Cowboys. Um, just, you know, from a playoff odd standpoint, if you go to 538 and you kind of, you know, change like the win percentages and you play around with that, it is mm. the Eagles' odds increase uh, if the Cowboys win because, you know, Washington sure. is competing for that wild card spot. And I think the division, while it's not fun to say, you know, like it already belongs to Dallas pretty much. I mean, unless Washington makes a run here and they push for it, but it's prob, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's probably the Cowboys division. Um, Again, it comes down to that Giants game. If they didn't lose that Giants game, we could talk about it, but I just don't think that's the case. So I think it's ideal for the Cowboys to win so that Washington drops and the Eagles have a better chance at getting a wild card spot. Do you agree with that? I think a Cowboys loss actually really hurts them, though, and maybe opens the door mm-hmm. for – because if they lose, they're – what are they right now, 8-4? and four? So Wait, Cowboys win, you're saying? No, I'm saying if the Cowboys lose, I think that's actually not – not the worst thing because then they're, you know, they're eight and five. That kind of opens the door for maybe for the division. So the Cowboys go eight and five. Let's say because no. then the Eagles at that point are two games back with a chance to, um, you know, win the division and the tiebreaker week 18. I yeah, mean, it, they're would, gonna it, lose would, the- it would require a Cowboys collapse and they still have the Cardinals left on their schedule. So the Eagles won out and then they all, the Cowboys also lost to the Cardinals. I don't know how that tiebreaker would work. This is where we need. They uh, also get the Giants, though. We need Denise on uh, Denise Selman uh, on uh, speed dial for these kinds of questions. <laughs> but, they also uh, get the Giants still, Jimmy. They're going to beat the Giants. Yeah, well, the Cowboys are. Yeah, yeah, but they still have the Cardinals on their schedule, though, too. Yes, I think right, don't they? They have the card. They have uh, Washington twice, and then the Cardinals, and then the Giants, and then the Eagles. Yeah. So. I don't think they're losing that. I think they're going to hold on to the division. I think that they split with Washington, I think most likely. I don't think they're getting swept by Washington. And then they beat the Giants. So that's at least two more wins. Okay. So who do you and have in, think, who do, who do you have in this game? Um I it's tough because I think like I just said it, I think they're going to split. So I don't know if that's this week or the next one. I don't know what order that's going to happen in. Uh, I did see Mike McCarthy kind of guaranteed the Cowboys are going to win this game. It's kind of mm, like I don't like that soft, for them. I know that's that's why I'm like, <laughs> all right, I have to. I like the points. I will say, no matter what, I do like the points in this game. Four and a half is a decent amount, and the Cowboys' offense hasn't been clicking. It hasn't right. been looking right. Dak hasn't been looking right. I know the defense has been good. Washington football team hasn't been like amazing in this four game winning streak. Like, these are like a lot of one score games and everything. Um, but they're playing better football. They're not looking like totally incompetent like they were earlier in the year. So, uh, I like the points a lot because I think it'll be a competitive game. I'll, I guess I'll lean towards Washington just because why not? But, uh, it's close to me. What about you? So I have Washington win this game outright. Um, and just because I'm swayed a little bit because, you know, the way they played more recently. I mean, one of the, one of the games in that four game win streak, by the way, was over Tampa. So like they've, they played legitimately well. Um, but I look at last year, they, and it's different because the Cowboys didn't have Dak, of course, but Washington swept them and smoked them in both of those games last year. I mean, like blew them out in both games. Mm-hmm. And, um, they won that, those, both of those games in the trenches. And, uh, you know, Antonio Gibson went off for big rushing games in both those, went over a hundred in both those games. I think he scored four touchdowns total, uh, on the ground in those two games. Dallas couldn't do anything on the ground again. No Dak that factors in. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like the way the Washington matches up. 
against this Dallas team. And as you mentioned, like their offense, I mean, their defense, first of all, has been great. So like, you know, we kind of perceive that to be like the weakness of, you know, obviously on, on their, on their team. Um, but their defense has outplayed somehow their offense this year. And uh, at some point the, the, the Cowboys defense has, out, has okay. outplayed the Cowboys offense. Um, especially more recently earlier in the year, the Cowboys offense was humming, but they haven't been able to maintain that. Um, I don't know. I just kind of think Washington's rolling right now and Dallas is not, it's in Washington. Like that's probably yeah. going to be like they're. I mean, obviously they played in the playoffs last year. Washington did against Tampa, but you know, that aside, like this is like probably their biggest, you know, regular season home game in a pretty long time. That place is going to be going, going nuts. Like their fans yeah. are like pretty realistic, as we mentioned in previous podcasts. Like they kind of realize that their team kind of sucks, but you throw them like a little bit of a morsel of like, you know, maybe we can have some success. Like they're all back in like instantaneously. So, I mean, that stadium is going to be going nuts if, you know, mm. they, they get out to a nice start. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking Washington outright and I'll, and I'll gladly take the four points too. But like that line scares me. I don't know why it's so high. Like what does Vegas know that I don't? There's going to be a lot of Cowboys fans in that stadium. I think know, so? Too. Okay. Yeah, there will be. There, I mean, there always is, I guess. There's always a lot mm-hmm. of Eagles fans when the Eagles are good anyway. Uh, You'll notice it when Amari Cooper catches a pass. I feel like it's every stadium. <laughs> it's like every stadium. Like you just hear Coop. The Eagles um, haven't had a good ooh guy. I know. When was the last one? Deuce? Riley Cooper. Oh. <laughs> I mean. But the I, fan, I, did, did the fans <laughs> say his name when he made plays, though? I mean, I he barely made plays, but well, he had the one really good season, except for that season. Yeah, I think they did. I think that was a thing back at the time, but like you know, it was very brief, obviously, and weird. So, <laughs> yeah, unless I'm totally misremembering, I feel like people did do that, and it wasn't okay. you know as big as it was for like Deuce or anything. Sure, but, um, but yeah, I think that's a good point. I think the Eagles are overdue for one of those players. Isn't that one of like the best things? It's just great because like it's a very nuanced thing in that if you're a fan. Like, are you just someone watching the game and you don't really know what's going on? You're like, wait, why is the home crowd booing that player? <laughs> right. And you'd explain it like, no, it's not. They're not. It's actually just the guy's last name. So that's a, right. that's a fun thing. I like that. Uh, okay. So then we are both, we're in lockstep then. And, uh, I will update the records here since I didn't do that at the top. Uh, you are 31 and 36 against the spread. Oh. I am 35 and 32. I'm back above 500. So good for me. And then we are, you are eight and five Eagles straight up and then nine and four Eagles straight up, which obviously won't be affected this week because the Eagles are not playing a football game. Which game are you most looking forward to watching besides Washington, maybe that, Washington besides, besides that game? Uh, I don't even know what I got to take a quick look at the schedule. Why don't you ask, answer that? I assume you already yeah, had an answer all um, lined up. So, <laughs> so I had fun watching the, the Viking Steelers game, which already happened because that was like, I turned that off when up. it was like 23 to nothing and I went to bed. I was about to do that. And then I'm glad I didn't because they came back and it, they could have went to overtime on the final play, except, uh, you know, the rookie tight end dropped the pass. Uh, tough. Um, I guess I don't see another great one here. Um, maybe. Like Ravens, Browns, but like, you know, it's AFC. I don't really care. Buffalo, Tampa is pretty good. Uh, okay. Well, oh, 49ers, Mon- Bengals. Monday, is actually yeah, it's good. And, and it's, it's relevant for, to the Eagles, too. For two reasons, because, you know, the 49ers in the wild card spot and then the Bengals yes. are pushing for a wild card spot to hopefully keep the Colts out of the playoffs. Right. So that's actually, actually that one. I'm going to pick that one. And then the Rams, Cardinals on Monday night's good. Okay. All right. 
Cool. Any final thoughts to me before we wrap up? Another thing too is like, I think Tennessee is worth keeping an eye on too. Like if they don't, I yes. just said like again, if they don't beat the Jaguars at home, uh, that's not good. <laughs> Isn't it kind of funny that Urban Meyer just kind of like lost heat? Like, do you feel that? I feel like the heat, like early in the season, he was just getting like crushed. Yes. And now it's just like, and I'm saying like now, uh, I just don't see the same heat. I mean, I, I did see like our, our friends at Big Cat Country say like he should be fired immediately. And that's, yeah, I agree. And that, that's obvious. But for some reason, I don't know. It's weird how he's kind of just faded. It's almost just like everyone's accepted how bad they are. So he can't get any more heat. But uh, I don't know. They won a game, I guess, which helped yeah. take some heat off of the whole groping. The game where they scored the, nine points. <laughs> groping a woman in the bar that was like, Jeez. you know, 40 years younger than him. <laughs> Oh man! Any final thoughts, Jimmy? Uh, hmm. Now, normally when I do the show sheet, I don't think about a a, 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 diff, a you know a place to eat that I liked recently. You got any of those? Uh, I don't think I do. Bad job by me. Um, I thought I had one, and I don't think I do. Uh, maybe it'll come back to me after the podcast, which won't do me any good. Um, have you watched? Do you like the Beatles, Jimmy? I do like the Beatles. I haven't watched any of that though yet. Okay, uh, the Get Back on Disney Plus. Howard Stern um, was talking about it at length about how. Oh, you're a Stern uh, guy. Yeah, I do like Stern. Yeah, uh, he was talking at length about how it was simultaneously one of the best and worst things like he's ever watched. <laughs> like it's super boring, <laughs> but at the same time, it's incredible watching their. Uh, you know their, their um, uh, creative process. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like and, unparalleled access. Right? Yes, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he loved it, and I, I'm, I'll watch it eventually. Probably when the season's over, I don't have time for all that right now. But uh, yeah, the, the, I, I love the idea of it. And apparently, it took like a crazy amount of time to sort of get all the side noise taken out, so you can actually mm. hear like right. the, the Beatles, you know, interacting with each Talking. other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Beatles guy necessarily. I like some of their songs. Um, I did see some like clips like on YouTube of some of the scenes from that thing. I still want to watch the whole thing. And it was kind of funny. I just saw one that was like, uh, I think George Harrison at the time was talking about quitting or he quit or whatever. And John Lennon was like, oh, we'll just get Clapton. And I was just like, that's so funny. <laughs> I was just, well, just merely get like one of the other best musicians uh, in the world to like replace someone put it in a funny way. They were like, uh, like, tell us how good your band is without telling us how good your band is. And mm-hmm. it was like the backup guitarist is Eric Clapton. So, uh, I was like, that's good. Um, yeah. Anyway, I want to, I want to watch that. So, uh, there we go. That's my final thought. Not food related, shockingly for once. We, we kind of talked food and the pizza thing. Yeah. So. There we go. And the Carvel um, cake. Okay. And the Carvel cake. Uh, all right, Jimmy. This was our bi-week podcast. It was a lot of fun. Um, we'll be back next week at some point, again, with our questions that you can send in, Apple Podcast reviews and such, and our Washington football team preview. Big game coming up, of course. It'll be pretty important for the Eagles. So uh, take advantage of the bye week. They'll get rested and everything, and then we'll see how they do next week. 
This has been BGN Radio, episode 227. Jimmy made some reference about a show earlier that I have no idea what that is. I guess shout out to you if you do get <laughs> 227. What that is. Yes. 227. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Gowton. Follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Check out BGN underscore radio on Twitter for the podcast account at Bleeding Green for the website account. Check out my work at bleedinggreennation.com. <clears throat> Jimmy Kemsky's work at phillyvoice.com. Check out the Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, righteousfelon.com. Discount code BGN for 15% off your order. Same discount code works at wildnaturepet.com for 15% off dog treats. Go to roachrealtors.com if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house. Or you can take your phone and call the following phone number. Or text 856-906-9295. Check out all the other shows on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, including the NFC East mixtape, which I do with RJ. We've gotten a lot of good feedback on that. And hey, it's really been never more relevant of a show with potentially three teams from this division in the playoffs. So things are heating up down the stretch. A lot of fun. Obviously, we have the SB Nation NFL show, too in full force for league-wide coverage, not just uh, the Eagles, which is also relevant with the playoff picture coming into focus. So check out all that good stuff. And while you do that, we will be here stewing in the lab, creating some more great ideas for you, and then we'll be back next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com VIYA.